podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. by the time you listen to this so never mind uh the dog is not happy about my voice then at all <laughs> it's all right kicks my name is ian loring and yes welcome to episode 369 of film bastards um yeah as always i am joined by becky foster hello everybody and matt foster hello everybody what a fucking discombobulated uh, opening that was, folks. Ever, ever so sorry, I completely lost my flow there. It's still Marco here at the most of mine. <laughs> well, well, thank you, sir. He's got morning, good. afternoon, and evening in the right order, so... I get them in the right order. You get them in Mark's order. Damn right, I do. Yeah. Um, nice. Um, coming up on this week's show, uh, we've got a, a few main reviews. It's been... um. You know, it's been a pretty fucking busy week. Uh, so we've got reviews of Borat's subsequent mu- movie film, uh, Rebecca, and uh, On the Rocks. So uh, you know, on in any week that would be uh, that would be solid content. Uh, we'll also have some uh, news. I'm sure we'll have some trailers. Uh, so what we've been watching. I see we got a couple of Twitter questions. So you know. Uh, good stuff. Um, here comes the shilling. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash film bastards. Uh, $2 a month. You get longer shows. And uh, we've also started Fincher Club. Our look through the uh, back catalogue Fincher, um, which uh, we did not copy uh, the Fincher takes it all. Um, it's kind of interesting, actually. Emily Murray, who's very, very nice. Um, she did a podcast going through the Nolan films. Nolan, me, Nolan, you. <laughs> yeah. We did Nolan uh, chat. She's doing The Fincher Takes It All. We did The Fincher Show. I didn't even know about Emily's show before we did the Nolan ones. And uh, it was actually Mark's idea to do The Fincher ones. And I don't think Mark knew about that podcast either at that, that time. So. No, I- uh, no. So uh, just in case anybody was wondering, um, because, you know, her podcast is free. We charge for hours. In the end of the day, we also have a weekly regular show. So maybe I'm just being a bit paranoid there, but I don't want people thinking um, I'm, I'm copying. Um, if we stole some idea, we'd fucking we'd shout about stealing it. Mm-hmm. We'd be we'd be like fucking Noel Gallagher in the middle of the fucking 90s saying every Oasis song is just ripped off from the Smiths and the Beatles. Plus, we have additional Ian playing games that scare him. Yep. And so, me playing games that confuse me. Yes. 
Uh, that's true. Even though that's not on character literally saying he's behind that. I'm gonna go over here. No, literally, he's down that alley. Yeah, I'm gonna go over here. Why is he down here? Uh, yeah. To be fair, that bit in Yakuza Kiwami is not very well signposted, but at the same time, I was inside shouting at you. <laughs> um, you have so to outside shout, Ian. You have to like put it all up there no i was i was literally in bed watching you guys last night that sounds really weird but you know what i mean um and yeah it was uh yeah uh so the yakuza project so this is um mark's going to be doing some streaming of uh playing yakuza um but i believe we're also going to come together and maybe do like a few chapters at a time as a podcast uh, Can I which... just clarify, Ian, though? Mm. You are going to fucking finish Resident Evil, though, aren't you? <laughs> um, considering I am making Mark... Well, no, actually, I'm not making... The thing is, I'm not making Mark, because I gave Mark an out this morning, and he flat-out rejected it. So, I, you know, I'll think about it, Bex. <laughs> Please. <laughs> it's so much fun to watch. <laughs> I don't think he has fun playing it, though. Hey? I don't. I don't think he has fun playing it. I don't have fun terror. playing it. It's fucking does, nuts. Does it genuinely scare you playing it? Yeah. yeah. I oh, don't would, like it. Would you prefer it if I did it? Um, It wouldn't be as funny, though, would it? That's no, the it thing. It's, no. I get I get that there's comedy value to it. And to be fair, I own Resident Evils 1, 2, 3, 4, and 7. So... You need to be able to play some of these games to completion. Yeah, I probably do. I probably do. And then by then, Kojima's going to have whatever his horror project is out, which is going to be... Right, fucking Hideo Kojima, who made PT, which was going to be the Silent Hills game, wanted... Yeah. Wanted to have it so you enter your phone number at the start of the game happy to do that and then yeah it fucking real life interacts with you on your yeah. fucking phone fine uh, happy but, to do that but wasn't wasn't it literally not just whilst you're playing the game yeah like no, it, just, it, it would randomly, text you yeah. throughout the day and bits like that it just i mean a, a, i suppose a gdpr nightmare um but also I, who would do it i would do it i think i'd have to buy a pay-as-you-go phone and then give it that number there was a thing about about he, at one point he wanted to have it uh, where they, they, they suggested instead of it being you give your number it's an app you log into um, and then that notifies and then that, that notifies you but he wanted to have it so it would play noise. Like basically, once you accept it, that's it. It was connected. You had to delete the app to get rid of it. Nice. Um, but if you deleted it, it didn't pick up your saved content. But it would like literally like play like bits of the what is it like in the middle of the night and things like that. I want that Hideo Kojima, Guillermo del Toro, Norman Reedus fucking Silent Hill game. I want it so much. It's not gonna happen. But I want it. It's, it's your gladiator too for me isn't it <laughs> yeah. he uh, like so it's not it's not about films at all but never mind and all we talked about 
in the pre-show was video games as well but he his production company started advertising for vacancies for his new game a couple of weeks back and the scuttlebutt is he is doing a horror game um there was also word before the playstation 5 showcase a few months back that basically sony had bought the rights to silent hill off of konami so then it was like could they actually swing it so that he does do silent hills because now sony owns the ip not konami um but so whether two and two make four or five i don't know but wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the year we hear something there and maybe it's not silent hills but kojima doing a horror game (sighs) video kojima's quiet he looks it's fine by me I, I, I don't know. Like I, I played, I played a bit, a, a fair bit of Death Stranding in the week, and I mean he's fucking bonkers. But that game, very, very quickly, it being about a world where people are cut off from each other, and you play essentially a delivery worker who has to try to connect bits of the the country together, delivering supplies to people who are hunkered down and essentially refusing to come out it's very very fucking weird that he made that game and then <laughs> this year happened it's very odd you saying uh, that there kojima is a like soothsayer um it's it's weird because he said that it, it's a game about you know wanting to bring people closer because they've never been further apart kind of like spiritually but the fact that he made this game where they're f- f- really far apart physically and you basically play a really heroic Amazon delivery man. I don't know. There's just something, I don't know. There's something about the whole key worker aspect of it, which I think is really interesting. But um, yeah, it, uh, it, it, it it's an interesting game, but I think I'm going to pause now and pick it up again when I, when I've got a PlayStation five, because that game looks really nice. And I want it to look nicer as I'm walking around it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, something. Anyway, there's no video game movie news. There, there, there an Assassin's Creed Net, uh, Netflix series is coming apparently. Um, but that's a Netflix series. Some have still to come out for the uh, Resident Evil series as well, haven't they? It's the is that the CG one that yeah. uh, yeah. apparently. Yeah, that's really confusing because you've got that. There's the Netflix TV adaptation, which isn't going to be a part of the canon. And then there's a new series of movies that are going to be based on the first game, but aren't going to be a part of the game canon either. I just want all of it in my face. It'll be all in your face soon enough, I think. All of the Resident Evil stuff in my face. But talking of uh, 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 movie game news, oh, there have yeah. been um, two uh, still so far released um, from uh, the Uncharted game, oh, the long-awaited Uncharted. <laughs> so we've had um, we've had Tom Holland basically looking like he's face swapped with Drake yeah. uh, from the game on an app he had in his pocket. Yeah. Uh, 
Like people go, oh my God, doesn't he look like Drake? It's like, yes, that's kind of what happens when you essentially cosplay Drake. Um, and then uh, um, Matt Wahlberg reminded everybody that he's playing Sully by showing him with essentially one of the worst fake tashes I've ever seen. <laughs> Massive. I die of embarrassment for this movie already. I'm a volunteer. Massive, massive fan of his comment under it though, where it was "Don't ask, just don't fucking ask." <laughs> it's almost like he's really trying to grow a moustache, and then gone in, and they've gone. Lol. No, Mac. Have you played the game? And he's gone. What game? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Would I mean, it surprise it... you if, if the last games console that Mark Wahlberg owned? was a stolen Sega Genesis. No, it wouldn't. The thing is, people want to see a movie of the games. They don't want to see a movie of a imagined prequel to the fucking games. Make what people want. Don't make it with a fucking baby Nathan Drake and fucking Mark Wahlberg. Mark fucking Wahlberg is Sully. No. Academy Award nominated Mark Wahlberg. There are so many people that, even if you're taking it younger, there are so many people that would be better for Sully than Mark Wahlberg. I disagree with you. Our dog would be better at being Sully than Mark Wahlberg. When I when I played Drake, when I played Uncharted the first time, the first thing I thought, I thought was... Oh my God, he's like an old Mark Wahlberg. No, he yeah, isn't. I did. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> No, you didn't. You're being a fucking idiot right now. I also thought, wouldn't Matt Wahlberg be great at playing Drake? Wouldn't that baby Spider-Man boy be great as Nathan Drake? No, you didn't. I didn't think that, no. I thought Matt Wahlberg would be great. I mean, I, I I kind of like the idea of them not actually adapting the games because the games, it's it's a very standard thing to say but those games are basically movies that you play they're action movies that you play so the idea that they're not actually going to be basing them on the stories of those like if they ended the uncharted film series with essentially leaning up to the start of the first game yeah all right then i could i could kind of go for that but it does it does feel a bit pointless i mean to be fair I'd say the HBO Last of Us series feels a bit pointless as well because you've been through a season's worth of TV by the time you've you've like played through the the, the first Last of Us I think um yeah. you know and I I am determined to give Last of Us 2 another go again I'm going to wait until PlayStation 5 for that it's weird I'm in such a limbo now where it's like I don't really want to start anything because I want to wait until I can play it on the PlayStation 5 um, a, a little bit like 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 both you and I got when you were starting going, oh, I want to watch that movie, but I think it's coming out on 4K. Yeah, yeah. it's exactly it's exactly that. Um, so you know, I feel safe playing Yakuza Kiwami because I don't think that's going to get that much better on PlayStation Five. But um, yeah, I don't know. It just it feels. If first off, it feels fucking weird that this is still supposed to be coming out in July next year when everything from this year is going to be coming out in the summer next year yeah, um, I, would, I would think we, we could end up seeing that pushed back to sort of like a november december yeah you give this a christmas release you give this like the jumanji slot yeah i think this could do all right you I, I, put it, I think it could be i think it could be a bit of a hit you know um what 
Riding high off Mark Wahlberg's uh, Academy Award for Spencer Confidential. I just think the casting shite in it. Oh, I disagree with you. I think it's really, really disappointing. I... The the fact that they've gone with a young Nathan Drake. Just adapt the fucking game with the story that people already like. No, because it, because the game exists, you can play that story. But not everyone plays games. Well, then fuck those guys. <sighs> All right, Doug. What do you want? Hiya, babe. What do you want? Right, Kiki. Kiki, what do you think about Mark Wahlberg in Uncharted? Kiki fucking loves it. Oh, no. She's walking away. She wants to know. Oh, okay. she doesn't trust the microphone. I'll tell you what. When I was taking her for a walk yesterday, there was a brolly in a bin. And she was like, what the fuck is that? Oh. You do have opinions on Mark Wahlberg, do you? She doesn't like it. So you're not a fan either? You're not a fan either, are you? Be- uh, uh, are you? What's going on? She, she doesn't like the microphone. She's on my side. She doesn't like the microphone. Anyway, right. See you later. See you later. Love you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, so, yeah. I mean, who the fuck else is in this film? I just want to have a look now. There's, there's, there's so little uh, about it kind of out there at the moment. Um, so Antonio Banderas is in it. I'm assuming he's the bad guy. Of course he is. But it's, just, it, it's because it's been in so much... It's had that many directors. I forgot that Ruben Fleischer was now essentially directing it. Mm. Yeah, there's, there's nothing here, is there? And it's got Tom Holland. Fair play, man. He's not letting COVID get him down, is he? Like, he's just finished on Uncharted. And apparently now he's um, going to start filming Spider-Man 3 shortly. Yeah. I read an interesting thing with it. Somebody asked him recently about um, him um, working constantly and a lot. Um, and he, 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 his response to it was, not really. He said, because I get like um, like a month off in between things often. He said, and I got a couple of weeks off. What is it? He said, it's kind of like being at school. <laughs> he said, so I'll do like loads of work and I'll have like a month off. And I'll do loads of work and I'll have like two weeks off. He said, and then like, he said, the promotion stuff, I really quite like at the moment. He said, I might not like it in 10 years' time. In fact, constantly Robert Downey Jr. used to tell me that I will hate it in 10 years' time. But I quite like it at the moment. It's pretty cool going to all these new places. And then he reminded people that he was in Billy Elliot on the West End. Mm. And was like, you know, when I was in Billy Elliot, it was like, it was... That's what? That's Billy, Billy Elliot, yeah. He's a trained dancer. That's oh, what he's a singing dancey boy, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, okay. You've never seen him do Rihanna. I've seen that, yeah. Um, and I haven't seen said... him do Rihanna. <laughs> I would it surprise you. She's a saucy girl. Um, she'd fucking eat him alive yeah no she would it'd be quite funny um, <laughs> yeah he was talking about the fact that he did when he was doing Billy Elliot he was doing it like he was working a lot fucking more a lot harder for that mm. I mean no fair play to him I, I, I do worry slightly that it might be a little bit that all his films are scheduled really closely to each other and he has like four or five in the space of a year and he he gets a little bit like fucking hell give us a break like 
Jennifer Lawrence, you know, and I mean, like it was a quirk of scheduling, but before she took that break, it felt like there was a Jennifer Lawrence film like once every two months for a year or The Rock. You know, the Ryan Gosling one where he said he got sick of seeing himself on different billboards when the billboard on the way to, I think, seeing his mum, he said uh, over a year it had three different films of his back to back on it. And he was like, his mum and all her her friends were joking with him calling it the Ryan board and I mean this is the thing I mean this is why I I kind of lost patience with The Rock because all he fucking does I've got to like seriously I've got to fucking follow him on Instagram because all he fucking does is either promote the movie he's got out that week promote his fucking tequila brand or promote his training gear the, 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 i've i've unfollowed him yeah, the, on all socials the the the, the, the tequila thing has started to great like it, it just mate like i don't know like unless what are you going to go on some sort of presidential run in like four or five years or something like that like are you trying to build yourself up business-wide so you can self-fund this shit i don't it, it, it's just calm down you know, like everybody's going through a lot of shit at the moment. And the last thing I need is you re-fucking posting people drinking your tequila and talking about how great it is. Yeah, that it, that is quite annoying. That, that, that what is it? The constant, oh, I hate people drinking my tequila in blah places and talking about it. It just feels a little bit like we get it. We get it. George Clooney bought a, what's it, vodka or whatever it is, brand, uh, and then sold it for 500 million five years later. We get it. Yeah. Ryan, you know, Ryan Reynolds bought Aviation Gin and then sold it, was it recently? Mm. Sold it for like a massive amount of money. He's bought shares in it though, hasn't he? Yeah, he's just sold like the, the, the bulk of the interest in it. He's he's one who needs to be fucking careful as well. Even though it was interesting because I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were saying that they thought that the reason why he's doing all this is because he knows in himself that he's probably actually not a movie star and he's only got finite time that his stuff's gonna work. So make gay while the sun shines. I think with 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 Ryan Reynolds, I think one of it is um, he all of his income that he gets, he gives a large amount of it to charitable funds and bits. And he, it, it's kind of like he's been working. And I think, I think you could probably throw the rock into this as well. These guys look a little bit at it like, right, I've been plugging away at this for 20 odd years. And right now I'm, I'm at the highest point I'm going to hit. Um, but they're going to ruin it. Yeah, but ruin it and make a fuckload of money while you're doing it because something's going to ruin it. What is it? It's very rare incredibly rare very that rare you, that you get to be a Bill Murray that you get to be a Tom Cruise because even it, they even tried with Tom Cruise um, to kind of wobble him a little bit and it, it, it works, he had a few bombs and then he came back and went do you know what, instead of doing quite a lot, I'm literally, gonna, Tom Cruise. I'm literally just going to do a Mission Impossible movie yeah. and another movie and then every 18 months you're going to get a Tom Cruise movie and then a Mission Impossible movie and then just to remind everyone these, uh, these. Yeah, but I'm not going to do anything else but that. Which, I mean, a legend. I mean, 
to be fair, in the late noughties, he, you know, he did the couch jumping and whatnot, but he also was basically given United artists. And then suddenly he was doing Lions for Lambs and Valkyrie and whatnot. And it just wasn't, it just wasn't working for him in fair play. He wasn't, he was making films that, that, that Tom Cruise shouldn't be making. Yeah. Yeah. Quite. And it's, I, I mean, Lions for Lambs is fucking brutal. That film. It's, oh God, it's, Robert Redford just fucking lecturing you for an hour and a half and it, it oh man um but yeah it, it's like and I'd like to see Tom Cruise do something serious but at the same time I also quite like seeing Tom Cruise push himself to the absolute fucking limit just for, essentially to entertain people there's nothing wrong with that with Dwayne Johnson it feels like he's you know kind of pushing himself but probably not as much as Tom Cruise despite the like the i mean just the fact that the rock is younger and it's probably less exertion for him than the shit tom cruise puts himself through but the reason why the rock does it is because he wants to sell his brand i don't get this i don't get the sense with tom cruise that he wants to sell his brand because aside from when he's doing like promotional stuff for his movies you never fucking see him no he, he's never been interested in kind of like the, the, the limelight and when it I think when he did kind of put his head on the parapet a little bit, he got kind of criticised for being, you know, a, an enthusiastic guy. And plus, you know, there's the whole you know, the whole Scientology thing, which I, 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 I agree with. But I think I've always had an issue with the way that people take issue uh, with Scientology, because I have issues with Scientology. But it, it feels a little bit like there's, there's people that you can criticise um, in terms of the Scientology, and Tom Cruise takes a lot of uh, of that criticism, whether it's right or not, is it, is more up for debate. But then there's, you know, you want to give shit to Beck about being a Scientologist, <laughs> you know, or Giovanni Ravisi or people like this. You know, there's a bit of a, it's there's a lot of picking and choosing. You know, um, I, you know, Elizabeth Moss is currently everyone's indie darling favorite. No one ever mentions the fact that she's a Scientologist. Mm. Oh, it does get mentioned. Does it? But in the, in the same negative connotations as, as, as let's say, a cruise? No, I think it depends on what circles you read within. Well, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I agree with... I have little opinion about it. I think there's a lot of weird fucking celebrity religions out there that, that, that need fucking looking at. But I think you've got to judge people more on their actions rather than their beliefs. I've seen the Chris Pratt backlash. Well, I, I think the Chris Pratt backlash is justified, to be perfectly honest. He's, he's part of a church that believes in conversion therapy for homosexuals and stuff like that. And he has advocated for that church on social media in, in the past. And he has to kind of... Yeah, he, he has to take, take, take that. He has to take his medicine. He yeah. has also said that he... That, that he doesn't agree with a lot of the practices within it and you don't have to agree with everything within it. Don't be part of it then. I, I, I don't want to get in the theology kind of conf- what is it that these? That's, uh, yeah. Let's, let's... I mean, he is the worst Chris, yes, but... Yeah. <laughs> 100% the worst Chris and he's very, very, very lucky that he had both Jurassic World and Guardians of the Galaxy in such a short period because otherwise he wouldn't be anywhere. And, That's uh, just about... the reason that Thanos won. So. That and Anna Faris is definitely better without no, him. 
good uh, on her. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I could say a little bit with the whole Thanos thing. If, if Thoran had been showing off for ages. <laughs> no, that bit on, on the planet where they nearly got his glove off. And then that 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 yeah. that's that's fair enough, yeah. But but you know, Thor does show off a little bit, a little bit with the fucking thing that he gets. It's like, why don't you just go kill the past real Lebrick? Loves for Lions, very quickly, right? Because I, I I remember seeing this, but I haven't literally not thought about it until Ian just mentioned it a minute ago. Between Lions for Lambs. That's the one. That prick too. Um, Robert Redford, Bell Street, Tom Cruise. In a, a war drama, right? It, what should have set off massive alarm bells that this film was shite is the fact that it's oh, 88 minutes long. You know, that movie, if you're explaining that movie to somebody, you'd, you'd be in your brain thinking, this is going to be like two and a bit hours long, and it's like two hours 15, it's going to be very dry, I'm going to learn a lot, I'm going to feel bad about everything. No, 88 minutes, and it's got my. Tenure in it. You're always advocating for 90 minute movies though. This, that like, should that shouldn't be a 90 minute movie. <laughs> War Inc. 90 minute movie. <laughs> that shouldn't be a 90 minute movie. If that's a 90 minute movie, something's gone wrong. <laughs> Who's hosting, by the way? Because we're talking in circles. Ian. <laughs> Ian. I've I've been trying I've been trying to turn it to trailers for a bit, but it's fine. Failing. Trailers. Anyone Tra- see any? Yeah. Trailers. <laughs> Yes. Um, Stardust. The wank dust, but not the good kind. <laughs> it's the da- the origin of David Bowie film, not authorised by the estate, so don't expect any actual David Bowie in it. Woo! Uh, yeah. Literally, it, 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 it's almost like the estate said, right, you can have none of the music. Because we don't, he, he, David Bowie did not, categorically, did not want a movie making of his life. Right? Categorically has stated dozens of times. Right? So what do they do? Dad, make a movie of his life. He's almost like they've gone, right, you can't have any of the music, anything like that, you can't have any of the costumes or anything like that, anything we hold, or what is it? Even his image. You can't make him even look like fucking David Bowie because he fucking doesn't. Any David Bowie movie that comes out that isn't endorsed by Duncan Jones and the family and, and stuff like that can fuck right off. Sorry, no. Also, it 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 looks it looks crap. It looks tacky as fuck. It does. It, it look. It looks like it's gone. Like, like it's going for a cross between um, the Queen. What is it? Bohemian Rhapsody. What's called Bohemian Rhapsody? Wasn't it? Gross. Yeah. And um, Rocketman. Rocketman's good though. Rocketman's good. Yeah. But then that had full backing of. And it's not a straight up biopic. Biopic. It's a. Uh, there's bits it's done mm. it's framed as more of a musical rather than a musical biopic which i think is fine to do like just getting if you've got the rights to of, the music yeah if you've got the rights to the music and you've got the backing of the person that it's actually portraying then doing like a fantasy version is fine doing a fantasy version of it a la bohemian rhapsody when the person involved is dead and that you're basically going to change the entire story to make them look bad is not is not okay um, 
doing whatever the fuck Stardust's trying to do is just yeah, I mean, disrespectful. Even calling it Stardust feels a little bit wanky. Yeah. There's already a film called Stardust. It's got Michelle Pfeiffer in it, so it's automatically yeah, it, better. Again, it's like they went, right, we'll call it Starman. <laughs> and the lawyers have gone, no, we're not. <laughs> we're just not. Right, we're going to call it The Oddity. And they're going to go, nope, can't use that word either. Like, Can we call it the fucking laughing gnome? Nope. Can we use the laughing gnome? Nope. Nah, fuck it. If if it's if it's if it's not got the backing of the living very prolific child of David Bowie, like prolific on like social and stuff like that, then I think we all just have to go. Well, I would no. say they're doing. Con- I, I think he'll be very respectful of the, the filmmaking process and everything like that and we'll just very he won't shit on it he'll just say it's I, not I seem to remember when this film was first announced he came out and was like just to be clear I've got nothing to do with this yeah he he, 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 he was he was very much like that but he, he I think he's a he's a good enough guy that he won't he won't come out and shit on it because it it it, it would be bad form yeah i mean mean, who knows it might be all right but it does i don't know it does feel a little bit like yeah with with i mean with bowie's son being who he is as well the fact that there is a film about his dad being made, made just feels weird. And also, I think I mentioned this before, but he, Bowie's played by Johnny Flynn, who was very good in Beast. Um, but also, some of the line readings in this trailer basically sound like he's doing the lines from his old Cineworld ads. So, <laughs> you know, um, the Cineworld uh, ads where it's like um, the ground shit, and it was like... Um, God, was your Cineworld open then? Oh, when we, we, we just missed it. Okay, yeah. So it, it's like they're kind of like Cineworld idents, right? Unlimited and discount snacks and stuff. He played that 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 like that role for probably a couple of years for Cineworld, and the way he talks in that is exactly the way he talks in this, which is fair enough because it's his voice. But it also shows that he's not really doing a fucking Bowie impression. He's doing his voice. And I'm sure they'll say, well, you know, it's because it's not an impression. It's um, his interpretation of the role. Or you just couldn't, you just didn't want to do a voice. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Could be that. It's more likely that. Or he's done the voice, he's come in and gone, wow, you really sound like David Bowie. And the lawyers have gone, dumb. He's not allowed to sound like David Bowie. (laughs) He's not allowed to sound like David Bowie. And then someone's gone, we are making a David Bowie biopic, and the lawyers have gone. Legally, we are, but we're not. Just say everyone's in the room is 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 okay. We maybe are. Yeah. See, uh, I, just on a tangent for a second, did you see Duncan Jones's tweet from earlier about daughters are we about it? <laughs> no. <laughs> it made me chuckle. Uh, another trailer for Freaky. I didn't watch the new trailer. It's like I've I've seen what I need to see. I just want to see the film. Yeah, you have seen what you need to see. The more I see of it, the more I'm going. I just want to watch the movie now. I don't. I don't. I, you, you, you're now you're now making me go. Instead of being like, all right, I'm well up for this. You're now making me go. Oh, I'm less up for this. <laughs> oh really? Oh. Uh, it, there's a troll. 
that is coming back that feels like we've moved on from. Mm. And it seems quite prevalent within this movie. The hashtag GBF. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and it just seems like a little bit like, didn't we, we, we had a lot of this in like, what is it? I, I thought we'd moved on from this. I thought. The, the gay best friend trope can fuck right off. Yeah. The, the camp gay best friend trope can fuck right off. The, the, yeah. It, 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 it's, it's not the gay best friend thing that I have, that I oh, have oh, issue no. with at no. all. It's more the, that, it's the stereotypical, yeah. It, it, friend, it's yeah. a, yeah. It, it, it's that kind of thing. It's like, not all gay dudes, and I know many gay dudes, are all that. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. so weird. It just feels like going back in time with that. It does. But I am looking forward to Vince Vaughn yes. doing something like that. Um, the Midnight Sky. Uh, a George Clooney Netflix movie. Oh, yeah, I'm keen for this one. Uh, Ian, you see the trailer for this? Yeah, fuck right. So, comes out 23rd of December on Netflix, and I'm assuming it'll be in whatever cinemas are actually still open in December, because you know I think England's probably looking at a full lockdown sometime within the next month by the, the looking at the way the wind's blowing. Um, you've got this, you've got Coming to America, you've got Soul, you've got the HBO Max chief like kind of hinting that maybe they've got wonder woman i don't think it's be wonder woman i just wonder what it's gonna be but I think it's else. I don't think it's be wonder woman but i mean still though so you've got coming to america soul and the midnight sky all within about a week of each other around christmas that's a fucking that's a really really good christmas lineup and this mm. i i hope i hope this isn't george clooney thinking he can do interstellar and not hitting Interstellar or something like that. I hope it's a, I want it to be an adventure, which is about something serious, but isn't banging you over the head about the serious thing. One of the things about George Clooney is weirdly after his second film, he's not really been able to get the tone of any of his projects right again. So that that is a concern for me, but it's a great cast and yeah, it looks like a a good solid emotional adventure. It's got a perfect storm in space vibe to it for me, and I'm on board for that. Everything you guys have said, yes, and I completely a hundred percent agree with. However, I have one issue with it based on the trailer. It looks like a Netflix film. It's got that, you know, almost, almost like all films like are given to, like they're given a a style guide. Yeah, yeah, like a style guide, like like literally, like there's a like with Instagram where you get filters and you scroll across, like there's a Netflix film filter that that it all is like right there you go. That's the grading you're allowed to use. You know, I'll just go past this or past this. And, oh, and there are a new money vibe. The, what, Netflix ones, films have a new money vibe. They, they, they just there's expensive something expensive but classless. I, mean, I don't think it's that. There's, there's just, I think it is for me. It, 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 that might be the best way for you. Yeah, your description. But yeah, uh, but I, I don't know. For me, there's just something mm. that just visually they don't. They feel a little bit 
like flat coloured, like matte, rather than without any gloss on them. They're too expensive. It could be that, yeah. But it, and I, what I don't want is in the back of my brain to be thinking, are some of these guys making them knowing their TV, mm. their feature length TV, rather than what is it? Because not all of them look like it, but you do get ones where you look at it and go, oh yeah, that's the Netflix films. Yeah, mm. you know, and we've got one coming up next week like in, in holiday that obviously will break that mold. We've got one that we're reviewing this week. Well, yeah, let's get to that. At uh, Dreamland. Looks shite. What's this? The new Margot Robbie movie. Just looks boring. I really like the look looks of it. Really fucking boring. I really like the look of it. Oh, she do. She's got Margot Robbie in it. No, it's being not that. hot and playing a baddie. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think about that. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. But it just looks fucking boring. I, I don't need to see any more Bonnie and Clyde fucking tales. Uh, what else have we got? Oh, um, did we, we, we haven't done uh, Ray and the Last Dragon, have we? Oh, fucking hell, let's go. That fucking score. Yep. Is fantastic. Just inject it directly into my eyeballs. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I think all three of us are very high on this one. It, it's, it does look a little bit like somebody at Disney went, watched Kubo and went, could we do something like that? And they've gone, mm. yeah. And they've gone, cool. But we're going to give you like three times the budget. And they've gone, really fucking cool. It won't be as good as Kubo, though. I, I, I don't know. I, I think it looks fantastic. Visually, yeah. it looks great. The soundtrack looks great. It looks like it's going to be fun. It just, I, I'm, a part of my brain is going, look, if perfect world scenario, if Jan, late January, early February, you know, we start to get a vaccine and we start to be on the, where we've got over the hill and we're on the, we're starting to come down the other side of all of this fucking crazy and a movie that it comes out where we can actually start going to the cinema is going to be this fucking well happy. That'll be yeah. fucking great. Oh, it look, it looks fantastic. Yeah, it does. I don't like it when Disney do the whole like, oh, an independent studio has released this. Let's do our version of it. I, that does bother me about them, but it's fine. They can live separately of each other. What What is it about the? What, what I I don't get the similarity between the two films apart from the fact they've got the same number of words in the title. What's the Kuba? Kubo in Raya and the Last Dragon. I don't get what... I got a really Kubo vibe off it. Did you, did you, did you not? I, maybe I, I don't... I mean, I really like Kubo in the two strings, yeah. but maybe I just don't remember it. Yeah, I got a, I got a really good... No, not in like a bad way, but I, I just got a, a Kubo vibe off it. Okay. Casey in the, the trailer is very Kubo-esque. Yeah, it um, felt like that. It felt a little bit like that. And the movie might be completely different. And in, yeah. you know... Um, um, and in, in finishing off, I think, our, our trailer things, uh, uh, The Prom. Fuck. Uh, a movie that, it, uh, a movie that nobody seems to ask for uh, and nobody wants. It looks disgusting. What is it? A trailer with, with like... I could feel it on my face. Just the look on my, on my face of just like, what the actual fuck? It, it, no. 
No. I, I don't understand what it's about, though, because it's like there's a prom and this girl's apparently not going to be going to the prom. But then magical prom elves come and then there's promy stuff. But I don't have a fucking clue. It, uh, yeah. Let's try and find a quick synopsis of it. Oh, God, it looks horrible. It, it does. You you predicted that uh, within... <laughs> Within, within a week of it being released, that James Gardner will be shitting on it already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, duh. Right. Dee Dee Allen, Meryl Streep, and Barry Glickman, uh, James Gardner, are New York stage stars with a crisis on their hands. Their expensive new Broadway show is a major flop that has suddenly flatlined their careers. Meanwhile, a small-town Indiana high school student, Emma Nolan, is experiencing a very different kind of heartbreak. Despite the support of high school principal, um, uh, the PTA has banned her from attending the prom with her girlfriend. Right. right. Of course it is, because it's directed by Ryan Murphy. That fucking aspect was not in the trailer whatsoever, which is interesting. I, I did, I, did I miss it? Did I miss something? No, you did not. No. No. The, the only thing okay. during the trailer that made me, and I think you'll agree with me on this, Bex, go, oh, was when Kerry Washington turned up. Kerry Washington is, I'd, I'd watch her in anything, to be fair. I probably won't watch her in this, though. No. If you just compiled her bits, with her looking delightful. Like a supercut. Yeah. A Kerry Washington supercut, where it is literally just the yeah. six minutes that I guarantee that she hasn't screen time in that film. Uh, do you know what the the Meryl Streep acting like an entitled fucking boomer at the hotel check-in desk bit was enough to turn me off? Yeah, I yeah. Uh... What is enough to turn the world off? Meryl Streep's James Corden in. Mm. I just it, it can fuck right off. This film looks awful. It's a Netflix film, I'm guessing, isn't it? Yeah, of course, yeah, of course it is. Of course it is, because Ryan Murphy is very much in the Netflix bed. Not all of Ryan Murphy's stuff's shit. George, George seemed to like the boys in the band, which I think Ryan Murphy produced, and maybe yeah, he wrote, but... Yeah, I, I, I don't know, this just... No, I made my teeth itch, and, you know... I'm I'm all right I'm all right with musicals you know I I do like I mean Jesus Christ Mamma Mia but um yeah it it just like like I say did not get that aspect from the trailer at all and that I don't know that kind of says everything like it's a film it's like look at our story of a brave story of a girl being denied the right to go to a prom with her girlfriend but we're too scared to discuss that in the marketing yeah exactly. just makes Makes me more annoyed about it, to be honest. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, Trump will get in next week and he'll probably ban it. <laughs> so anyway, I'm guessing on to another shit Netflix film. Oh, all right then. Let's. Um. Well, it's the it's the Netflix film. It might not be shit. Who knows? So you don't know if he saw her. When she got back that night, before she took the boat out. Hmm. 
just that there's something she wanted to tell me. Something very important. And not knowing what it was, that's really been the hard thing. Oh, I'm not doing my roguish image any good, am I? You should come back and ask Maxim. Well, I would. But I'm afraid I'm a little bit banned from visiting. In fact, it's probably best if you don't mention my being here at all today. I... I thought you were friends. Not really, no. And I would hate for either one of us to be on the receiving end of that famous temper of his. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, it is still early days. Well, I better not keep Danny waiting. You know how she is. Uh, it's Rebecca, directed by Ben Wheatley, starring Lily James, Army Hammer, Kristen Scott Thomas, and Sla- Sam Claflin. Adaptation of the Daphne du Maurier. Sorry? Is Sam Claflin there? No, not Sam Claflin. Sam Riley. Sorry. Yeah, Sam Riley. My bad. Um, yeah, not Sam Claflin at all. Uh, adaptation of the Daphne du Maurier uh, novel, and you know which Hitchcock made a film of. Um, uh, so Lily James uh, plays uh, an assistant to a uh, horrible fucking woman, uh, who I think is played by Anne Dowd. I saw her in the credits. I'm assuming that was her. Um, she uh, meets uh, Maxime uh, de Winter, played by uh, Army Hammer. Uh, they have a bit of a whirlwind romance. They marry and he takes her back to his uh, Mandalay estate uh, where uh, Lily James's uh, kind of actually nameless character is um, soon beset by the seeming kind of spirit of Maxime's uh, dead wife, Rebecca, and um, is not having a very good time with the uh, the housekeeper played by uh, Kristen Scott Thomas. Um. I'm going to up a little bit by starting with me and just saying that I thought the film was fine, but kind of pointless. And I'm a little. Why did they go to all the effort to do that then about it all? Uh, Becky and Mark, I believe, have stronger opinions, so I'll go to Becky first. I just, I, I feel like you've got there's gradients with with the quality of the the telling of this story, and it, it starts with the story, and then you've got the Hitchcock version, and then you've got this. But and you're not, you're not a fan of the book, are you? I like it fine. I it, it, the the story is very good. The writing is is not for me. That's right. Be, just, just because it's like old school writing, it's it's it, it's dense and it's hard to get through. But the story itself is 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 very good, and the the actual the storyline is something that could be built upon. The Hitchcock movie I quite enjoy, mm. but it hasn't got the same kind of gravity as the book does. And then you've got this, which seems to be just trying to do 
a Netflix version of the actual story, which is is taking any weight or darkness out of it. And it, it I, 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 like you're saying, I, I just I don't see the point. The Hitchcock version exists. The book exists. If you're not going to do something else with it and improve upon it, don't fucking do it. It's it's very colourful. It's very pastely and pretty. And I think you used the phrase Easter special. Yeah. Um, but the acting isn't great in it. And I I like Army Hammer and I like Lily James, but the acting in it is weak as fuck. It's so two dimensional. Um, there is there is one brief section in it that is actually fairly interesting to watch which is the um segment where after she's found out that he has actually killed her and she's like oh my god i'm so glad that you that you killed her and it's not that you just don't love me which is (laughs) pathetic enough in and of itself but that is part of the story that's fair enough yeah you know that that kind of pathetic anti-feminist kind of sentiment is part of the original story so I guess it just kind of has to be there but it's just it's just it's just so stupid like the way that it's portrayed in this version of it is just really really grow the fuck up like when she breaks the fucking statuette and stuff and she hides it so scared in the in the bureau and it's like <coughs> bless you um it's like you're the lady of the fucking house <coughs> own your place stop being such a fucking beta to this dead bitch like it, it really fucking annoyed me it really really fucking annoyed me and the fact that, like the thing is like when when you read the book and you watch the alfred hitchcock version She's supposed to be this, like, real plain Jane kind of girl, like this real mouse of a girl. And it's Lily James. So it doesn't pad anyway. This can fuck right off. Fair enough. (laughs) Go on, Matt. Matt. Um, Right. So, Ben Wheatley is an actor, sorry, is a director that I have... uh, I've got on with some of his stuff and I've not got on with, with other bits. We've covered, I think, almost all of them with the exception of Kill List on the podcast thing, haven't we? Yeah. Probably, probably Kill List and Down Terrace. I don't think we've done I really liked both, both those. Because um, I didn't get on with Sightseers. I didn't get on with Field of England. I really liked High Rise. I liked Free Fire. And I actually liked Happy New Year, uh, Colin Burstyn. Um Is that him? Yeah. Rebecca, right? And you've got a Netflix, it's a Netflix movie, and you're making Rebecca, and you've got Lee James, Army Hammer, and Kristen Scott Thomas involved, who all are, you know, the casting of that, I think is actually, it's actually pretty decent. I think, it, it, you, you don't look at any of them and go, no. You know, not so much Lily James for the part she's supposed to be playing. You're never going to get an actual plain Jane because plain Janes don't become actors. Mm. Otherwise, they just wouldn't get parts. What a chinless maid? She could have played it. 
But nobody would have watched Chinless Maid as what is it, would they? Um, so the casting there is fine. The bit that first of all made me go a little bit like, huh, okay, was when literally when the Netflix logo came up and it started and the little bit in the top left-hand side of our screen came up and said 12A. And I thought... Not a 12A story. Oh, Ben Wheatley is making a version of Rebecca that's a 12A. All right. Fair enough. Uh, can I also point out very quickly, it's a minor grumble, but I think it's valid. It's an hour and 53 minutes until we get to see Lily James die, which is basically criminal. It's pointless. You know, it, 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 it's tantamount to torture. Army Hammer's mustard suit bothered me as well. The fact that he kept wearing just variations upon it, like the, the jacket with a different pair of trousers, did it, did it the trousers you, did it, with a different jacket. Did it bother you as much as the fact that Lily James seemed to wear one pair of trousers for about a good, like, two months' worth of the film? Um, but anyway, but it the whole thing just feels very toothless mm. and very floats along but every moment where you think right here we go it's gonna ramp up it just doesn't it kind of sits in the driveway and just revs a little bit and you're going to go somewhere two things if you're gonna make a remake of a hitchcock movie you have to have a direction to take it in otherwise you are going to get criticized for it for, for just making a pointless remake so there's that. Also, oh, hang on, what was I say? Uh, Shit, I completely lost my thread. Carry on. <laughs> what you about to say? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, I, I think that's interesting what you're saying about the engine revs, but it never goes anywhere. And I think Sam Riley's character is a really good point for that. Like, he turns up halfway through. He's He may as well be like, hello there, I'm Captain Shifty. You know, yeah. for for just how fucking down the line, like shifty bastard he plays it, um, and like he just kind of like lingers in the background. He has a couple of moments, then at the end it's like, what? Just because just because you're beating the courts, you think I'm gonna let you get away? And Lily James is basically, yeah, <laughs> and then that's the end of his character. Well, like he's it, better, <laughs> and then he just does. Yeah, he's like. <laughs> Well, she's my place, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that's quite a good Sam Riley, that fair play. Um, yeah, I, it, it, it's, I, I, I mean, the Army Hammer casting is fucking, it's bizarre because it literally took until Keely Hawes playing his sister coming into it for me to realise, oh shit, he's supposed to be English. Um, but, yeah, and I, I can see that. But I, I think I just, part of that is is the script is fucking dreadful. Yeah, it's awful. Awful. It, the, 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 I can't. I actually can't remember the bits. But there's a few bits where I actually paused and turned around to Bex and just went, "Really? Really? Really?" And I, I promise this is true, Becky. You will be witness to this. The from the bit where they get to Mandalay. just before they get to Mandalay to just before. 
shit gets a little bit wrong in Mandalay. Mm. Um, there, the amount of times it is literally, oh, Rebecca was great. Rebecca was fantastic. She was so pretty. I used to brush Rebecca's hair. That bit was creepy. Not like in a creepy as in mm. she's weird. It was just, you're just a bit fucking odd creepy oh danny brush my hair yeah, no it, one brushes it Kristen scott thomas who i think is brilliant and could play a brilliant mrs danvers was was terrible <laughs> in this yeah but it, i literally we paused we paused it for some reason to go to the bathroom and get a drink i just stop watching it for a minute <laughs> um and i literally i turned up and just went rebecca is great literally just gives blowjobs and candy to fucking all and the movie will not let you forget it. Mm. It is, it, it's, we get it. Everybody loved Rebecca. And we all know why you're building it up. It's so you can cut it down that she's a piece of shit. Mm. Um, it's, even that, it just, there's just, I, I, I just, I don't get it. I don't I, I, get it. If Ben Wheatley really wanted to make a remake of Rebecca, and saw something that he could do with it. Why didn't he do it? And if he did do it, he what the fuck way. was it? Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, the, the, the weird thing about it is I think it does some interesting stuff kind of like earlier on where it's kind of the editing's interesting. It's kind of cutting between um, like um, the, the next scene and kind of like what's happening before it and um, kind of like playing with time a little bit there which I thought uh, which I thought was good and um, you know like her nightmare sequence and the sequence at the party it, it's that's got the kind of more gothic horror it, it stuff does. that you expect of Rebecca but there's not enough of it and just uh, just to finish like it's Ben Wheatley you kill list a field in England, like regardless of what you think about those films, he can conjure a fucking atmosphere. So it's mental that this film, it it just doesn't. With the the party sequence, Mm. I I get what you mean there. You start to think that it's having that, but all I was doing was looking at it and going, great. So this is a sanitized version of what you already did in high rise. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. As well. Again, it comes back to it. If you can't do it better than the film that's already been made, don't fucking do it. Like, if he was making an adaptation of the book, fine. If he was making a better adaptation, like a remake of the movie, fine. But he's done neither. Mm. The thing is, while I was watching it, I didn't... I, it was bothering me, but I was all right with watching it. Mm. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't not enjoying it. I would say I wasn't enjoying it, but it was, it wasn't it's offending me or anything yeah. like that. It, 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 it finished, and I wasn't like, well, I wasted my fucking time with that, mm. and I wasn't like checking my phone or anything. You know, which I, I really, really try not to do on a new movie. I try to just put my phone somewhere else so I can't look at it because I think the minute you start looking at your phone. It, you know, if you start looking at it during movies that are boring, you know, how close are you to doing it in movies that you're actually fucking enjoying? Mm. And then it just becomes, no, you're the problem, I'm the problem, not the film. So <laughs> yeah. I wasn't looking at my phone or anything like that in it. I was trying to go, right, I want, it's going to get going, it's going to get going, it's going to get going. And it didn't. And I started getting, it, it, I then started picking out more bits that I didn't like. And that, that it, it is the sign where a film has just completely failed to, to, to get you. And then you had the big, uh, oh God, the, burning. the burning thing 
uh, with the the Mandalay burning everything like that. All I was thinking while Mandalay was burning, uh, and there's two parts to this bit. All I was thinking about Mandalay was burning was honestly in the back of my head. And I think I referenced it to you, Bet. Was do you reckon he was insured for that? You did say that. Yeah. Do you reckon he's insured for that? Because if it's not, it's like that's fucking the, that's like an entire house and all the pigs and like that. And I'm, I'm trying to work out in my brain going. He must have been insured. insured. Property insurance and, uh, you know, contents insurance must have existed, like, at that time. It must have. So, yeah, it'll have been insured. It'll be all right. Right? And that's the conversation I was having about that bit. And then the next bit with Danvers on the um, side of the the, 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 the cliff edge, if it's like that. With the constantly moving fucking... I I was watching it going, going... That building that's on fire is the the boathouse, which is next to the beach. So well, why is it all cliff. the way up the cliff now? Yeah. Hang on a minute. So if she's jumping from there, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. Oh shit. It. I, I'm I'm really disappointed in this because I I really want I was really looking forward to this, and it just it's a bit naff. It it. it it's, I'm sorry, it, it, it's BBC Easter special. It is, yeah. Yeah, that's it fair. Yeah. I, I, I don't... I'm starting to go a little bit. The most recent things... And in saying that, a, a film with this that is done. Good Night Coming Person was a BBC film that never got a cinematic release. It just got released um, on New Year's Eve, I believe. Yeah. Sure. On, I quite enjoyed it. But it... Oh, it, it, it but it... it, 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 it for all intents and purposes, it's a TV movie. You know, there's nothing bad with TV movies. Fucking Christine was a TV movie. Um, Christine's great. Though. Yeah, but, but there's nothing bad. TV movies can be good. Oh, yeah. Um, but he also directed some episodes of Doctor Who. And there's this, and it's just like, and then he's going to be doing the Meg next. Meg 2 next. But, but, yeah, I mean, he's doing Tomb Raider 2 which is also written by um, his missus, which is fucking fascinating. And a, a jump to give it, sorry, I shouldn't just say his missus, but, and now, now he's doing the Meg too. And I, I think it's interesting that he's pushing himself. And also I will say that Pete, that, that load of film Twitter is saying, what's he doing this for? He's just cashing a paycheck. Fucking good on Ben Wheatley for cashing a paycheck. Cause yeah. he works harder than you fucking do. That's it. Why should he catch a fucking paycheck? You know, that's literally his job is being a film director. And, you know, maybe he, he wants to look at it and go, do you know what? I've not I've not tried making a movie that's going to have a, a really big budget and that's going to be a spectacle and adventure thing. Why not fucking give it a go? So I, I, I would never criticise, um, you know, a filmmaker for doing something like that. You know, try fucking everything. You know, go, if you're at a fucking buffet, try fucking everything. Don't just stick to the what is it? Knowing you're not up to it and then make a fucking shambles of it. Well, no, but, but, I, but, but that, the, the, that's the thing. It, the, the, the problem is with filmmakers in the same way as, as football managers and, and things like that, it, it, it's these people think that what they're going to do is going to be great. So do you think this was going to be great? Yeah, yeah of course he did. It's not. But there's there's a point. I mean, there's certain bits that, that made me straight away start to worry. And they were... <laughs> Jane Goldman. They were 12A. And then when I saw Jane Goldman, I thought, oh, oh so this isn't written by Amy Jump. Oh. 
that's worrying. This is this is to me disrespectful to the original story. It's just I, I, I don't think it's very good. I think it's very it's very weak sauce. That's the last thing I say. Otherwise, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, I I'm definitely uh, the kindest on it. I would. I would say touching cloth. I didn't. I didn't hate it. Um, I think it's fine, but I think it's utterly inessential. Um, which I'll be the exact same thing I'll be saying about another film <laughs> that we'll be talking about later on as well. Funnily enough, but I'm guessing you guys are definitely shit. Yeah, it, it is shit. Joe, you know, if you called me 24 hours ago and I said touching cloth, it's it's an inoffensive adaptation of a story but the more i think about it the more offended by it i am one of those ones that's just riled you yeah that, yeah. that, 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 that that's that's my thing with it I, what i will say i think lily james is very good in it because i think she carries it very very, very well uh lily james can. is fucking fine that you just like her legs i think everyone should like lily james's legs oh uh, everyone should like lily james's legs that's what mom made too if you take Lily James's legs out of the equation, her performance is shit. I wouldn't go so far, but you know, I, it sounds like maybe you were slightly biased. Uh, was um, definitely not shit. Twenty percent, touching cloth fifty percent, uh, and shit thirty percent. Okay, okay. This podcast you're listening to, pretty good, isn't it? Only problem is, it's about halfway through. Pretty soon, it'll be over. And then what are you going to do? Well, if you're a fan of this show, why not head over to wearepodsyndicate.com and subscribe to our brand new feed, Pod Syndicate The Bonus Shows. Every week, your hosts from Beyond the Neon, Chinstroker vs. Punter, Entertainment Landfill, Film Bastards, His Film, Her Movie, and What's On Tap will be dropping bonus shows right onto that feed. These shows might be collaborations and crossovers, or they might be archive episodes, interviews, one-offs, and other treats from across the Pod Syndicate network. So, prepare yourself for the inevitable disappointment of this Pod Syndicate show ending by heading to wearepodsyndicate.com and clicking on the bonus shows. We now return you to your regularly scheduled Pod Syndicate podcast. CS3P Combat! Player one, choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player two, choose your character. While you're in luck. Punter. Round one, fight. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. <laughs> but anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I've ever encountered in any film. <laughs> so join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I just just getting confirmation. It's just in English. That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? Does my foot smell funny? Because <laughs> I was wondering... We're watching Breaking Bad. What? It's really good. 
It's a great show. Have you seen it? Yes, I have seen it. It's great. It's not for kids. What? Was there something bad on? No. Yeah. Hey, look, I can shuffle. Oh, wow, that's great. <laughs> we learned that all young girls should know how to shuffle and how to... Bluff. Bluff, right. <laughs> and how do you bluff? Poker face. Poker face. Poker face. Poker face. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Let's move on to on the rocks directed by sophia coppola coppola why did i just uh, fucking however uh start starring rashida jones bill murray and marlon waynes uh this is the story uh of uh rashida jones and marlon waynes play a new york couple um she is suspecting him of having an affair and her dad played by bill murray kind of enlists himself essentially to try and find out the truth with her uh mark what did you think to on the rocks well i'm very hit and miss uh, with sophia coppola uh, as, as a filmmaker it, uh, literally down to the fact that i think if, if you go through her filmography i think i literally am bouncing from like light to light I didn't like, like really like, I, I like Bird enough. Uh, I, I like Lost in Translation. I've never really loved a, a film of hers. Uh, and I think The Beguiled, which we did a couple of years ago on here, I actively disliked. Um, and then you've got um, on, on the Rocks. Uh, I, I loved this film, to be honest. I had, a, I had a, a really great time. It was a really sweet, nice watch about something that probably shouldn't be as sweet and as nice as the the storyline would make it um and i think a lot of it is the sheer force of personality of of, of bill murray i think if you're bex uh, summed it up quite well um while we we're watching the movie where um i think you said to me if you're not a fan of bill murray's shtick if you're bought into bill murray's particular brand of bullshit you will love this movie yeah. if not yeah, and that's it. And I think that 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 that's kind of perfect. Um, it, it's got a. <laughs> we shouldn't sound really hypocritical. It's got a pointlessness to it that I kind of got along with, uh, in the sense that nothing actually really happens within it. Pointlessness, there isn't but, it. But like a... but Bill Murray driving around in a red sports car whilst um, eating caviar <laughs> and essentially sleuthing around and seeming to kind of almost enjoy it more than he probably should just because he's getting t- to spend time with his daughter um, is is nice. Um, and then the, the bit where she finally chews him out um, and he has no response to it. I thought that was... That was really quite well handled in the fact that he knows this about himself already. Yeah, he, and he can understand this, and it's he almost has this. I I'm not going to defend myself because I can't defend myself, but it is what it is. I think a lot of it is he in her in her suspicions. She he sees a lot of what he did wrong and wants to protect 
his daughter from that. Yeah, I, I it's I, I just I, I had a it, it it ticks on a nice pace for me uh, in terms of that. It's it's Bill Murray and Rashida Jones essentially travelling around New York with Bill Murray having an awful lot of fun and Rashida Jones being like quite worried and a little bit of a dick <laughs> to be honest. Um, but yeah, I, I I had a great time with it. Somebody else can talk for a second. So it's got for a week. <laughs> Go on, Bex, how do you, you get on with it? Very much the same, to be perfectly honest. I, I like Sophia Coppola movies. I like the um, the kind of slice of life kind of stuff that she does. And it, it's very much that. It's, it's, it's this little segment of, of their lives where, obviously, she has these suspicions. They end up being unfounded, which is nice as well. Like, it could have very easily ended up being that he actually was dicking about on her but it's not and he presents her with the red box at the end and it's it's fine but just like reconnecting with her dad and doing this like kind of detective shit <laughs> the bit with the um copper when they when they when they get pulled pulled over and it turns out that he knows him is is, is really well done like it, mm. it's it's He's one of those dickhead guys that just knows everyone and um, those those really infuriating people. Um, I, I really, really liked it. I thought it was really quite sweet. Um, obviously, characters are fallible. And I, I think the, the good thing about Sofia Coppola movies is that no one's ever just black or white. No one's ever a goodie or a baddie. They yeah. all have grey areas, and and she's very good at bringing that around, but still making them relatable, I guess. Yeah, that, no, I think that's totally fair because, like Bill Murray, like some of the stuff he comes out with is like what the fuck, you know, and just the way that he's constantly slightly cracking onto the women around him, and you know, he, he, but. He is charming. He is that guy who knows everyone. He is that guy that everybody just knows is a bit of a laugh. But then, like you say, he's got that kind of like that uh, feeling remorse for, you know, how he was when his daughter was younger and kind of seeing that in other men. And I think that kind of that kind of like quiet realization of. Do you know what? Yeah, all right. Maybe I was just a dickhead, and men are, like some men aren't actually that bad. I thought it was interesting. I think I, I think the film is is kind of pointless and it's very effervescent. Like it comes and it goes, but there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. It's perfectly fine while it's on, and that's kind of it, really, for me. Um, which may, maybe, I don't know, is damning with faint praise. Um, but yeah, I really, really enjoyed it while it's on. I Maybe I'll watch it again, but again, it feels like one that's just going to slightly float away a little bit to me. Mm. I, think, I think I could see myself watching this quite often, to be honest. Um, it, it, it says it's that. It's... The middle section is, is fun. It, it's an awful lot of fun, yeah. It, it, it is. I'm trying to think of a 
um, a, a kind of like a comparison piece to it. It it, it almost it, it, this on the rocks. Um, I, I said this. I, I'm pointing at, on the rocks on my uh, on my iPad. For people are thinking, what's he saying this for? Um, it, it, on the rocks feels a little bit like the movies that Woody Allen in his brain thinks he's making now, and he's mm. not. It, it's just creepy. Um, they don't have any of the charm of this. Um, and I think it, it's really nice that um, Sophia Coppola, it, it, it's a good kind of, almost like a timestamp in her career, because you're going back to like, um, you know, the, the film that made her as a filmmaker was, you know, Lost in Translation, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, a, a different but a similar thematic kind of idea in the fact that you've got... Um, Bill Murray essentially travelling around a city with a a young woman. It's a different story case of that. But it's almost like there's a little bit of... You can see the... I don't want to use the phrase growth of filmmaker because that's not what I mean. You feel like she's not trying as hard to be... Yeah, like she's literally... She's gone, do you know what I do really well? I do really well. Two people just chatting. Yeah, yeah. And, And if you can do that, if you, if you, as a filmmaker, as a, as a film writer and a, and, a, and a film director, if you can get people to have that much fun with two people driving around in a fucking car, mm. do you know what? If you want to keep going to that fucking well, do it. The thing that destroyed um, Kevin Smith as a filmmaker was the fact that he decided he didn't want to continue just doing viewers Universe stuff. And now he's gone back to the fucking well, but he's had a, a too big a break yeah. where it feels like the, 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 the whole, the fucking magic went a little bit. Well, that's it. You um, look at the Sofia Coppola failures. It's, but, but, it's but, where she's gone too far away from that kind of... The Beguile people, 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 people really liked it and that that's cool. But it, if every... Every other film we get. But Marie Antoinette, for, for oh, example. Goddamn fucking bad is, shit. Is, is an abomination. Uh, if every couple of films we get uh, from Sophia Coppola it, it is essentially Bill Murray and somebody else going on a little fucking job. My God. It, I really hope there's another one and we can call it like the whatever trilogy it gets fucking labelled <laughs> with. Because, do you know what? It's fantastic. Rashida Jones bounces off him really well. She's not mm. just she's not just caught up in a Bill Murray fucking whirlwind of, of, of charisma. She's bouncing off that really quite well. Yeah. Um, the bit where she gets the where she arrives outside where, where he's um, spying on the um, the hotel room because he's worked out what the hotel room is and he's got that fucking um, <laughs> he's got the um, gilet with all the bits in it and then he's doing the little roll on the shelf thing she's as funny in that. It, he's He can be as funny as that because she's making allowing him to have that area mm-hmm. and keeping it grounded in some form of reality. She's kind of the straight man, isn't she? But then she storms off up to the thing when she thinks something's going on, yeah. when she loses the what is it, and then has a reaction of, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> and it doesn't know what to fucking say. And Bill Murray's hiding behind a plant. <laughs> and then when he comes out and she's like, all right, this is my dad. And she's like, do you want to go for a drink? He's like, yeah, we can go for one drink. And he's like, fucking hell. And the thing is, you watch it going, God, I would watch an extended version of this movie where they do go in for that fucking drink. Yeah. And then he's just sat there 
with her going in her mind, just going, Richard Jones going, don't mention the fact they're gay. Don't mention the fact they're gay. And him just going, and they just coming up with this weird fable <laughs> about how women became gay or something like that. Yeah. And it would have just, this, I could have happily watched another 40 minutes of this movie yeah. and just probably still not got bored. I, I genuinely, I, it might be in my top 10 of the year. <laughs> but I think it will be. Quite high up, to be honest, as well. Good blast with it. Okay, very good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think it's definitely not shit. I mean, uh, I, I think this time around I'm, I'm cooler on it than you guys, but I think it's definitely worth a watch. And Absolutely. If if Bill Murray in a Sofia Coppola film sounds like your thing, then you're going to fucking have a ball. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, as a little bit of a thing, we've got... Um, so we've done two films that um, were available streaming and were available uh, in selected cinemas in Rebecca and this. Um, if I'd watched Rebecca in a cinema, I'd have come out and thought, yeah, I'm watching something that was made for a streaming service. Yeah. On the rocks, I wouldn't have. No, no, it feels cinematic. It feels way, it's mm. a really fucking good looking movie. Mm. Um, I, I, it's, but also as well, if you'd have told me at the start of last week, you're going to be watching Watching a Ben Wheatley film and a Sofia Coppola film, and you're gonna like the Sofia Coppola film a lot more. I'd have been like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but yeah, that's what you're, you're guessing. You're definitely not shit. Yeah, definitely not shit. Uh, definitely shit. 89%. Wow. Uh, and touching cloth 11%. No shit. No shit. No. I, I, things I can see why people could be a little bit like touching cloth on, on, on that. Because I think if you're not. It, bought into Bill Murray's particular brand of bullshit. Yeah, then I think it could be that. But yeah, I, I very much am. Nice. Okay. Um, I'm gonna take my turn to go to the toilet now. So if you guys want to get started with some what we, what we've been watching, I'll be back in a minute. Cool. Bet. What are you watching on your solo? Uh, yeah. There's one that I want to talk about when you get back. You watch as well. Oh, yes, yes. You got uh, to talk about that last so we can go into Ian's, what he's been watching as well. As well oh, as I'll watch. do that one because I've not quite watched the end of it yet. So I watched... So I watched Alien Resurrection after we'd watched Alien 3. Yeah, which uh, you'll be able to listen to uh, if you are a Patreon, if you go to Patreon slash Film Bastards, two dollars a month, uh, and you can get Fincher Club, the first episode out there. Continue, Rebecca. So I decided Smooth that I wanted to it. watch. It was beautiful. What's on it? I decided that I wanted to watch Alien Resurrection because I've seen Alien and Alien Two a billion times. And you hate yourself, apparently. Um, but Alien Three and Alien Four, not so much. And so I decided that I wanted to watch it. It's <laughs> Pap. No, it's not. It's not. It it's not pap. But it very much, if you like the actual alien movies where Ellen Ripley is actual Ellen Ripley, this film is very annoying. Um, I think I described it when we were talking about it as if Firefly and um, The City of Lost Children had a baby. And that is basically what it is. The, the fingerprints of the writer and the director are all over this movie. 
Ellen Ripley is essentially some kind of pseudo Buffy character, um, and that's that's not that's not what she is. The no. charm of the Ellen Ripley character is that she's a normal person that happens to be just really good at surviving these dickheads um, and turning her into a fucking... Super Ripley. Super Ripley is just... It's a bit of a... It's it's a bit of a whiplash kind of moment. And um, if they'd taken it further with it as kind of oh, look, this is what happens when you mix the DNA of one of the xenomorphs with a human and then they become these kind of people and then and done that with it, that could have been quite interesting. But they don't really. They just they stop it with Ripley and then obviously the films stop at that point apart from the stupid crossover movies and then they go back to the prequels. You fucking wash your mouth that AVP is better than Asian Resurrection. <laughs> um. Winona Ryder's really fucking weak in it. Um, yeah. Ron Perlman's in it, isn't it? Ron Perlman's really good in it. But then Ron Perlman's in it because it's a Jeune movie. Yeah, so, and like those guys, like the, the general kind of Jeune guys that are in it are great. But it's just, it's just, it just doesn't feel like an alien movie at all. Those guys shouldn't make an alien movie. No, probably not. No. No. What else you watched? So, so, I've not watched anything to tell you. But... Uh, I also watched The Mask. The, the, the Jim Carrey one? Yes. The Jim Carrey one. Um... <laughs> the fuck was that? I don't know, you did a funny voice. I was just, Le Jim Carrey. I was, I was sniffing at the same time. Um... Do you know what? I, I watched it as a kind of an in the background movie when when I was doing like some other stuff and consistently found myself being pulled towards it not being a background movie. It's it's very very funny still. Um, Cameron Diaz is fucking smoking in this movie. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just really good fun. Um, but, but everyone knows that. Oh, hello. Um, and I also watched Hello. Yeah, sorry. Um, I sorry. also watched Atlantis again because um, I really like this movie and I keep oh, suggesting it to you and you keep saying, <laughs> We've watched it far too recently, Rebecca. We have watched it far too recently. Heart Atlantis is not a movie you need to watch every 18 months. <laughs> I mean, I disagree. So I watched Hearts and Atlantis and uh, yeah, it, it's, it's really good. It's, it's a very good. Um, adaptation of what essentially is a short story to go alongside the Dark Tower series. Um, what's his name? Um, God, I can't remember his name. Hannibal Lecter guy. Anthony, Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins is really good in it. Baby Anton Yelchin is very good in it. It's it's just, it's really, um, it's really quite... Like there's the supernatural element to it because there always is in 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 the the Stephen King books, but it's because I think because it's adapted from a short story, it gives the filmmaker more room to maneuver. And yeah. I think a, a lot of times the short story adaptations of Stephen King historically have been better than the 
long form novels. Yeah, I that that's that's, that's definitely a truism. Um, and yeah, it's 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 very good, very very good. Um, and then the other one that I watched on my own was Over the Moon, which I believe you watched as well. We'll come to that at the end of our what I'm watching. It'll segue quite nice into the end. Okay. Yeah, sounds yeah, right. Did this in clearly ignored me. All right. Uh, what else we watched then, Bex? We watched Diary of a Wimpy Kid, didn't we? <laughs> yes, we did. Because I, I, I was, what was it? It was, it was last week, wasn't it? I was cleaning out the, I was essentially repairing the vacuum cleaner, wasn't I? Yes, you were. And so we had Diary of a Wimpy Kid on the background. Weird uh, thing about Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Um, the s- second and third movie are on Disney Plus, but the first one isn't. Oh. Um, yeah. Uh, I really like the Diary of a Wimpy Kid movies. They're fun um, films. Um, it's quite nice because it, it's nice to like uh, psychologically go back to a time when our child wasn't a piece of shit. Yeah, there is that. Because she quite liked it, didn't she? Yes, she did. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I've got on it. it, it, it it's fun. It's silly. It's stupid. It's juvenile. It, it's quite a lot of fun. Um, I, I look forward to the next few weeks gradually watching the rest of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the first one is the best of the lot, though. No, I don't think it is. I think Robert Rules is the best one. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is the third, I believe. Um, continued our random rewatch of the Bourne movies um, with Bourne Supremacy. And? Oh, we haven't watched all of Bourne. Oh, we've not finished. No, we haven't finished it. So, watch Bourne Supremacy. Uh, what, what, what do you think back on the rewatch? I think it's been more of a muddy kind of story than, than the first one. It's, it's a bit less kind of coherent. But still very entertaining. It's entertaining. It's a bit like, the fuck is going on? Yeah, I, I I didn't enjoy it as much this time as I did the last time I watched mm. it. It felt a little bit messy. Yeah. And not quite all there. And a little bit like, oh, all right, fair yeah, I'd enough. I agree. I'd yeah, agree. It's because um, I think the the the, the, the seems like a that the Bond movies get better as you go along up until Jason Bond, which nobody liked. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I didn't get on with Supremacy as much this time. No. Um, we um, we watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm. the 2003 um, Jessica Beale's butt edition. Uh, Bex? Yeah, it's, 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 it's very good. I think it's taking... Texas Chainsaw Massacre is, is kind of a classic. Um and the 2003 remake just it does kind of turn it into a very generic noughties horror movie. Yeah. Um. But it's it's still it's very icky. enjoyable. It's icky and grim. Yeah. And I quite like it. it's icky and grim. There's a lot of moments in in horror movies you should at a lot of points go. Oh, oh no, don't do that! Oh god, <laughs> and that's a lot of moments of that. It's not even—it's not really scary or anything like that. It, it is just—it's that period in horror movies where things were just fucking grim. I'd like to watch the original again, to be fair, to see if it actually is all that, or if it was just all that for the time. That's just that mask is fantastic. Mm. Um, yeah, it's—it was a fun going back to rewatch it. Um, yeah, that's what I was saying. Uh, and finally, of ones that we that we watched, uh, we watched The Craft, didn't we? Yeah. The new Craft movie is out this week, I think. Yeah. Um, 
I don't think we have any plans to go and see it, but um, it no. does exist. Um, what do you think, Bex, about our rewatch of The Craft? See, I really like The Craft. I like I like the spooky shit that's going on in it, and it's again, it's it's very kind of like teen drama spookiness, isn't it? Yes. Um, the I think you mentioned at the time, like in 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 retrospect, when you kind of think about it, that final sequence where through his bulk and generic wig wearing girl mm. um are having their showdown it 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 seems like it's a lot longer than when you watch it it's like it's really not it's not that big of a deal um but yeah I, I i like it i still like it i'm still not super keen for the fact that they're doing like a sequel for it and i think i think you mentioned at the time as well when the trailer came out the bit where they're like no, Mister, we are the weirdos. In in the trailer for the new one, it's like you're not now. Like now, when you watch the the, the craft, and they're like, No, Mister, we are the weirdos. It's like, No, you won't be now. You would have been then. Yeah. But you won't be now. Yeah. Like, it's just like people are just fucking weird now. But but um, even, even in the craft, sorry, going. In. No, go on, go on, go on, go on. Even the craft, the bit where the, the guy says that, the bus driver says that, it's like, Why are you saying that? <laughs> There's no reason for you to say that. No. It's the middle of the day, you're dropping them off. What you know, at a, what looks like a pretty normal bus stop in a pretty <laughs> normal town, and you're going, oh, watch out for those weirdos. It's like, what weirdos? Over the moon. Um, I enjoyed this. So this is the uh new Netflix film. I had a little theatrical release the week beforehand. Uh, I almost took lots to see it. Um, and then didn't um but yeah it, it it was um i thought some of it was batshit because like it, it's obviously designed with a chinese audience in mind and it kind of feels like there were things that were major significance to a chinese audience which i didn't get which i'm fine with because fuck let <laughs> let chinese folks have a nice animated film brilliant um but yeah i enjoyed it very cute very sweet and i think you liked it as well didn't you bex yeah, I did. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd seen quite a good, quite a few kind of good reviews about it, and I was like, right, fuck it. I, I don't have a child, but I'm gonna watch it anyway. Um, and yeah, it's 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 just really kind of it's really sweet. I think the message in it is very, it's really well handled. The whole kind of um. Obviously, she loses her mum, and she has to kind of get to grips with the idea of her of, of her dad moving on. And I think it's 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 a story that's been dealt with um, many times in in various children's movies. But I just think it's really kind of nicely done. She kind of she gets to her own point of accepting it without an awful lot of heavy handedness from. The adults in her life um the little brother's really fucking annoying the frog could do without that as well um but yeah i just, I just think it's kind of really sweet and like it's it's obviously taking this really traditional korean story of of the like moon goddess i think she is isn't she sure. um yeah, sure. yeah. 
and the jade rabbit and it's it's almost like a whole thing and the moon cakes are, are like a whole thing as well and yeah I just, I just think it's really it's really sweet and I think everything's really kind of well done with it I think the there's a couple of like musical numbers in it that I could have lived without but then I'm a grown-up so it's it's very different I think if you're watching it with kids musical numbers are like a whole thing um the to be fair though the the one where they they first meet is it it's Chang'e isn't it Chang Chang'e Chang'e yeah yeah um on the moon and she's doing like a whole pop star bit that that's quite cool I quite enjoyed that and even the ping pong one I quite enjoyed that as well the what? Sorry. Ah, oh, the ping pong. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that was the thing. It was just like with the ping pong. It, it was like, okay, that was an interesting sequence in isolation. But what the fuck did that mean for the story? You know, and and, and all the bit where the the two rabbits, like the one rabbit was making that potion or whatever the fuck it was, and then the other rabbit comes in and like makes the potion for them. And it was like, I don't understand what's happening here, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, and that weird, like, whole romance sequence with, like, Jade Rabbit and Bungie. It's like, and then at the end, she's like, I understand if you want to stay. And it's like, yeah, I do, actually. Yeah, I'm going to stay here. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like that. Yeah. Um, no, it was it was very, very sweet. Um, you know, kids will have a good time with it. Lottie had a good time with it. It kept her attention all the way through. Yeah, you know, it was a good time. Really beautifully animated as well. I like yeah, the fact that um, Chang Ace kept making fun of her haircut. That was quite good. Yeah. But yeah, really, really pretty, well made, good story. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, cracking. Um, so that's that's on Netflix, and uh, yeah, it's worth a watch, especially if you've got kids or if you just by yourself. If you want something to watch that's not miserable. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so what what have you been watching on your own? Oh, is it, it was that Mark or me? Sorry, Mark. Did no, you watch anything on your own? No. Ian, what have you been watching? <laughs> uh, I've got a couple of things, I believe. Um, so oh, or is it? Wow, is it just one? Yeah, maybe it is because it was busy main review week, wasn't it? So, um. Yeah, so I watched uh, watched Aliens because uh, obviously he talks about Alien three and seven in the uh, the Fincher chat show. Um, yeah, I I don't know. It's interesting because I've seen Alien loads and not seen Aliens nearly as much, and <coughs> it's fucking great, is Aliens, isn't it? Like it, it just it's a completely different beast. I mean, we we talk about that again in the, in the Fincher chat how each Alien film is like very much its own thing, but it's just a terrific action film. Um, even the smaller of the side characters have got like memorable moments or lines, you know. Um, uh, fucking, I, I just like Drake with the uh, Drake. You know, there's a, there's a problem with your camera. Can you check your headset? He just bashes it against the uh, the side. It's like right, yep, okay, that'll do. And Apone a- a- is fucking incredible. And I like the misdirect they do with him where you you kind of think he's going to be there all the way through, kind of like corralling the soldiers. And then basically as soon as they hit the alien nest, bang, he's gone. Um, that That's that's wonderful. And we didn't talk about it earlier on, but James Cameron. Some stuff came out about Avatar 2 this week. 
Yes. And like, so Kate Winslet had to fucking hold her breath underwater for seven minutes to do one scene. And, you know, they they had kids as young as seven doing fucking acting underwater, holding their breath. And it's like, I, you know, I'm not necessarily looking to Avatar 2, forward to Avatar 2 because it's Avatar 2. I'm looking forward to it because it's James Cameron being given all the money in the world and being told, right, yeah, just do whatever the fuck you want, mate. The thing is, he, he's he's earned the right to be able to do that because never fucking bet against the guy. Yeah, because straight up. You can bet against him making a good movie. Don't bet against that movie making two billion fucking dollars. Yeah, that that that's exactly it. I don't know. I just, I you know, all power to him. You know, and it it's fuck, man. I mean, like. I'll go, I'll go watch that in the cinema. This is the thing. It's like, I was saying how I've kind of made my piece about not going, going back to the cinema. I'm going to completely contradict that though. And say, as soon as I see a massive fucking blockbuster in the cinema, I'll probably be like, I'm all about the cinema, all cinema all the time. Please. Thank you very much, please. Yes. Bye. You know, I'll I'll be, I, I may well be that. And if you told me right tomorrow, you can see Avatar 2 in the cinema. I'd be like, yeah, all right, then fine. Gimme, yeah. gimme, gimme. You know, yes. so aren't I a uh, hypocritical bastard? Right. Borat subsequent movie film. Is there anything else I can help you with? That's it. Okay. As this you. comes yesterday, I'm an okay. I want this one with the baby on it. Okay. This is our little secret. Welcome. Okay, okay Lil, what are you telling me that? No, no, no. Oh, oh, oh. What did you knock? I have a baby inside me, mm-hmm. and I want to take it out of me. Mm-hmm. Right. She wants it out now, please. Right. I Can mean, you take it out? No, we cannot. What you say, take it out. Yes. You end that life. That, that life will die. Well, it's already dead. It's not living. No. It is a living, breathing life that God has created. I don't think he's breathing. We can show you that it's breathing. I feel bad because I was the one who put the baby in her. You don't need to feel bad. I was just trying to give my daughter pleasure and next thing I know there's a baby inside her. Mm -hmm. You keep calling her your daughter. Yes. Okay. Is he your father? Yes. This is your daughter? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so Borat's subsequent movie film delivery of prodigious bribe to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan is directed by Jason Walliner and uh, stars Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, Maria Bakalova, uh, Rudy Giuliani um, and uh, a, a, a bunch of other people, I suppose. Um, so Borat 2 sees uh, Borat uh, basically being a bit of a pariah um, in Kazakhstan. Um, but he is given a second chance at redemption um, by the uh, Kazakhstan premier, um, where he is told if he can deliver a porn star monkey to uh, Mike Pence uh, to try and get uh, Kazakhstan into America's good books, then that will get Borat his freedom. Uh, Borat teams up with his daughter Tutar, played by Maria Bakalova, 
and they together they kind of show a mirror up to America and uh yeah generally take the piss so Mark Borat subsequent movie film your thoughts um I it made me outright laugh um out loud once um during it uh when he referred to Kanye West as Kenneth West (laughs) um (laughs) I, I, I laughed an awful fucking lot. Um, and then for large swathes of it, I was really bored because it's quite boring. Um, I it, 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 It's not my shtick. Uh, in the same way, it's, somebody recently explained to me what Gogglebox was. Um, and when they explained it to me, my response was, wait, so you're watching stupid people watch TV and watching their reaction. Like, yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's like, that sounds fucking horrid. What the fuck? And what did Becky say to that? Uh, (laughs) And it's, I, I, my issue with the Borat thing is, and I think I think Sasha fucking Baron Cohen knows this. It's not. I don't. It's not do doing what it thinks it's doing. It's not poking fun and going, "Oh my God, look at these people." Mm. Uh, that what is it? It's the the lasting impression of the first Borat movie isn't isn't to look at the social commentary of it. It's idiots on stagnates wearing mankinis, shouting. My wife is dead. A bit like that. It, it, it's it, the it, it it's not doing what it thinks it does. And I I also think that there's a lot of it in this. It goes for pointless shock value, which just made me go. Really is 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 this all you got? Mm. It, it the the same girl lifts. Um, Lifts what is it up to show um, pubic hair or menstrual cycle? It, it, it just feels a little bit like really is, is that is, is is that all you've got? Mm. And it just I, I I found it I found it just a bit boring. And I I genuinely I, I I don't get what what it's putting out there. I don't get and that's that's cool. That if other people get it, cool. But it's one of those things where I don't understand it. It's not for me. So for the people liked it, great. I don't get why. It feels a little bit exploitatory um, of the current situation we're in. Um, I I am constantly baffled as to how Sasha Baron Cohen gets away with doing some of the things he does. Not setting, sending these people up but the content that he puts out there, it, it, it's a little bit like I, I'm not sure actually being just you know being Jewish gives you the okay to do to this do this this, this yeah. much for this long, and because you're not you're not changing people's opinions, you're not shining a light on people's prejudice, is not changing people's opinions. 
2020 is what's happening right now is proof that shining a light on people's prejudices does not make them less prejudiced. It just makes more people think, oh, I could be prejudiced. And I, it, it's, I, I kind of feel a little bit like a lot of people are going, this is the move we need right now. And I'm there going, I really fucking don't think it is. No. So I'm going to stop talking now. But Kenneth West was brilliant. <laughs> but then it ruined itself a few minutes later by one of his um, kids changing his name to Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. And it's a bit like, really? Hi. Is that the Epstein joke you got in there? Mm. I will stop talking about Thanks, so, folks. Um, it's a weird one. I've, I've, I've not watched the original like Borat movie, so I, I had no kind of basis for comparison, but yeah it just it just feels a bit a lot of it felt very fake and like the the people involved probably knew what was going on um so that kind of like I say I don't know in the original movie if it was if it was more if it felt more legitimate like you was like getting these people um but I know with the with the whole like IG thing that the whole joke was supposed to be that they didn't know who he was. But it's 2020 and it's Sasha Baron Cohen. I, I can't see that people would just not know who he is, um, especially in the Borat costume. Um, so it didn't feel quite as authentic as I think it was probably supposed to. The um, I, I, I feel like I, I get what they were going for, but it didn't quite land it. Like, but then there were certain bits that were quite, like the, the the bit with the Republican women's group. Yeah. That felt kind of like, do you know what? It's a room full of Karens, but they're actually being quite nice. Yeah. Um, don't, agree, don't agree with the principles. Don't agree with what is it? Yeah. yeah. Being quite polite. That bit. That bit completely died on its ass. I'm amazed they even included that. But Could, if, they, if, they, if they included that, how many bits did they try? Where if, 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 if you go and you prod at something and you prod at it enough times and you get a reaction, there's a little bit of you can't then point at the reaction and go, look at the reaction I got off this. Because mm. like, you prodded it that many times. Mm. It, it, um, <laughs> but then the, the like the bit with the debutant ball. That's just fucking mental. But that felt really staged. Like when when they were doing the dancing and stuff, and the the reactions. Like if someone was doing that at a dead ball, the reactions would have been much stronger. They would have taken her off the dance floor. Yeah, so it really I, quite stayed kind of proceedings they, they wouldn't have allowed that to go on for as long as it suggests that it does it, 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 it did feel a little bit like they were doing it because they knew they were going to be a bar movie um the bit where it was staying with those two guys they obviously obviously knew what was going on even from the footage when they actually were at the rally later on they they clearly knew what was going on. Um, so I, I, I just, I don't, the thing is, it's it's a, however long it is movie, built around 
that one section with Giuliani. That's that's their big thing. And I just, I just don't I don't know whether we needed all of that built around that. Yeah. The I don't know. I mean, it, it it it's a film that kind of feels like it was basically being fueled by the opportunities being presented to itself while it was being made because you know the corona stuff obviously like hit while they were filming the film you mm. know um and it, it it feels like the over like the step the starting aim was let's have some let's have a bore out film out before the election um you know, and the whole kind of like the the gift to Mike Pence, and then Rudy Giuliani gets roped in. The, the Mike Pence thing kind of feels like, yeah, again, him dressing up as Donald Trump and interrupting the con- conference. It almost feels like was that supposed to be the climax or something? That holy shit, Borat managed to get into a Republican convention, and you know, and it, it, you know, instead it ends with the Rudy Giuliani thing because it, it you know, it's the most shocking. Um, but yeah, it, it's. I, I mean, I laughed. I think I liked it the most out out of the three of us. And I, I like like you say, I'm kind of stunned he could get away with it. And I thought the um um uh, the girl who played his daughter, like fair play, they found someone who can match him. Mm. Um, he's really good in it, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and, and you know, she she like really. She she really fucking uh, has the assist for with him for, um, throughout, um, but yeah, it is one of those films that it does feel like it's preaching to the converted. You know, it's mm. it's not going to con- convince anyone of uh, anything other than their own beliefs, and so it is a right. little bit. What's the point? Like, mm. who is going to watch Borat's subsequent movie film and then go, oh? shit i am i i you know i'm uh trick i've come out of my trump fog i'm going to vote biden you know when like the the whole thing about borat getting them to sing the this the, the sing the song about basically um killing the 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 woman it's the the people who would not stand for that obviously wouldn't stand for that the people who would stand for that will just make up some bullshit excuses about how it was edited. Yeah. You know, so it, it I, I, like I had, I, I, I mean, I had an entertaining time with it, but it is mental that Sasha Baron Cohen is getting talked about for a best actor Oscar nomination when it's, well, no, he's got the best balls of the year, but for this. Yeah straight up it's a you know it's a weak year you know um the trial wait, of chicago wait, 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 I, I thought you meant for <laughs> no chicago for seven. and and well both of them but oh, no okay. the thing the, 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 the thing is so they they with trial of chicago seven they announced that all of them are going to be um campaigning as supporting so you know that basically means that lead actor is gary oldman Matt Wahlberg. <laughs> okay, Mark Wahlberg. Um, what? Maybe Clooney for mid- the Midnight Sky if it hits. 
Delroy Lindo for the Five Bloods. Delroy Lindo, Chadwick Boseman. John David Washington. Sorry? John David Washington. He won't get him. He won't get him for best actor. What about um, uh, uh, Supernova? Yeah, there you go. Supernova could hit, yeah. you know. Honestly, if, if, if... Jesus. If he's nominated for Best Actor at the Oscars for this, I'm, I'm done with the Oscars. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, it, it loses all fucking legitimacy in my eyes. I think that, that I think it'd be unlikely after the absolute fucking lead balloon of when he tried to be Ali G at the Oscars ceremony a few years ago. And it literally, the entire room seemed to be like, fuck are you? Fuck off. Yeah. If Biden wins, then I could see a nomination happening as fucking like a backslappy kind of thing. If he doesn't, then I think the Academy voters as a whole will probably be far too depressed to think about nominating him. And they're going to go all in on him for supporting for Trial of the Chicago 7 because they want to present a message. I, I, do you know what? If he gets nominated for Trial of Chicago 7, if he wins Trial of Chicago 7, I yeah, that, think that, that, that'd be great. I think it'd be well deserved. I just think that the problem is that I, that I have with Sash Baron Cohen is I don't, I don't think he's funny. I think he's a very good actor. Mm. I don't think he's funny. No. Um, and it's he constantly goes back to a handful of characters yeah. he created um, in, in, in a time, at the time where... In a more innocent time. You know, where even at the time they were a little bit like, really? Yeah. Really? And I just, I don't, I don't know, there's something that, for some reason, that just doesn't click with me, with, with me for it. But I don't like this kind of comedy. If, if I want my stupid comedy uh, out there... You'll watch a fucking Pauly Shaw movie. Yeah, and I will be watching the new Pauly Shaw movie, Guest House, at some point this week. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know whether it, it, it quite... It, it seems a little bit like... He, he's picking too much. And for too long... I, I don't find this satirical. I think he thinks this is saying more than it actually is. I, I, just, I don't get how he's getting to that. I, 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 I find it annoying. Mm. Because, because it, it's... It, because of the fact that, like I said, it will hit some people who will just see it as, oh, isn't Borat funny? And not even acknowledge the fact that you've got a uh, a guy who works what is it in a in a hardware store going? I mean, yeah, you could probably kill a hundred Jews with that. Well, that's it. Yeah, there's a few bits in it, in it that are quite kind of shocking, like well, the bit where he's singing at the rally, and they're all fucking singing along with him about chopping up like the Arabs do or whatever it is, and it's like but it, it, even, wow. even even that <laughs> it, it feels like. Hang on a minute, you're going for cheap laughs about a guy who actually got chopped up by Arabs. And I you know, know that's, that's... But it's not though. It's not fucking what he what he's claiming it is, and even I don't fucking believe that he what is it? He is 
doing it for personal fucking gain. He and is, it felt but that's it, the point I think he thinks. But he's I don't making. think he does. I think I think he's just I think he just knows he can get away with it. It's fucking it was I thought that bit was a little for me was a little bit like, nah, fuck off now. Mm. You, 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 you've not gone too far. You're not shocking me. You're just, you, you're being disrespectful now. Mm. There's a limit. There's a limit where you can go to, where you're poking fun and you're prodding and you're prodding and you're prodding. Now you're not, you are, you aren't shining a light on them. You're shining a light on yourself. You're shining a light on yourself. It was, it was too fucking much. And it was, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I think that's supposed to be the point is that he's he's showing that these seemingly normal people have these kind of cool. He came up with a song, and he thought it was funny enough. He thinks that's funny. That's my issue. I don't think he thinks it's funny. I think he does. I think if he thought it was funny enough, the bit with the Jewish woman synagogue wouldn't have happened. Where that there's that hard cut where interviews since have said that he went off and had a conversation with her about the actual nature of what they were filming. I just I don't know. It, it's operating on a level that I don't agree with. That's fair. Okay, okay. so I think that's probably Borat. Um, I'm, I'm a mild. I'm a bridge down there. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, that's all right. Uh, I, I'm a mile, definitely not shit. Oh, shit, it's an absolute fucking piece of complete fucking garbage. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, it's... Yeah. A milder shit for me. The more I think about it, the more, the more, I... more angry you are, right? Yeah, I, I, I would love to sit down with Sasha Baron Cohen and just have a conversation with him and just sort of say, why? Do you not think this, if this is what your intention is, do you not think there's a better way of going about it? No, why? Mm-hmm. You're... You're playing for laughs. That's the issue, isn't it? It's yeah. not. You're not shocked, going, "Oh my god, what is it?" You're playing it for laughs. You're laughing at these things, and I just think that some of it is shit that you shouldn't be fucking laughing at. Mm. And and you're not raising awareness for it. You're making it a fucking punchline. Mm. And that doesn't shine a light on things. That makes people just laugh about it. I think as like as a Jewish man as well. All right, you'd think that he'd have more kind of, I don't know, odd. Mm. Our audience, Paul. See, I fucking disagree with Mark. <laughs> I can't believe that Mark just tried to set the moral high ground on something. Well done. Yeah, I'm usually swimming around the fucking gutter. <laughs> um, Borat 2, definitely not shit, 73%. There you go. Twitchy <laughs> cloth 13%. Shit 7%. And Geo 7%. <laughs> Very few people agree with you, Mark. Yep. Once again, Mark has managed to <laughs> insult all of our audience. You have a different take on it. Yep. Questions. Ethan M. Barr. Which Hollywood personality would you most like to see? Fooled by a Borat light sketch. I really, really want James Woods to be taken down in a way that means that he could just never be in public ever again. Yeah, James Woods. I don't think that that can happen, not to James Woods, to anybody anymore. A Borat type. 
or or at least just something just that he fucking embarrasses the shit out of himself for yeah i'll take that piece of shit he's fucking like wow that guy yeah there you go. Or, or John Voigt for that in uh, for that matter. Yeah. There was a there was a I thing. don't think they need it though. They're doing it all themselves. That's the thing, like now with 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 all these people having like social media and all this like twenty four hour media access, like there's no need for a Borat fight because well, they just the, embarrass themselves. James Woods is is what happens when a very very intelligent very because he is a very intelligent man. That's the the batshit craziness of the whole James Woods thing is mm. he is an incredibly intelligent man who essentially is a drug addict and alcoholic and it ruins their career and then they need to be angry at somebody about it and it but they're too arrogant to be angry at themselves about it so they just fucking start spouting just an awful lot of shite. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. yeah. Why not? Why not? You know, there's it, it a whole you're not a fucking immune from it. Mm. You know, or Isla Fisher. Judy Dench. You get Judy Dench. I'd like you to. I'd like everyone to see what a piece of shit she really is. I don't think she's that much of a piece of shit, Becky. She's not James Wood's piece of shit, is she? I don't know. She's got that entitled. Boomer about but she's it. not James Woods <laughs> or John Voight or Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Yeah. He's a piece of shit as well. Yeah, Dennis Quaid's come out and he's, he's yeah. Yeah, he's a bit Trumpy, isn't he? He's very, he's gone very Trumpy. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say spacey, Dash. but then I'd say spacey, but then I'd never have any chance of watching LA Confidential or fucking Usual Suspects again. He, he gets a little big joke in this one, doesn't he, Kevin Spacey? Yeah, that, that actually, yeah, yeah, that had two moments made me laugh. Um, Rick Kidd at Rick J. Kidd. There have been remakes of a few Hitchcock films over the years, e.g. Psycho, Rear Window, and now Rebecca. Which uh, one, if any, would you like to see remade next and by whom? I'm not hugely familiar with like that many Hitchcock movies so I'm not super keen on them so I've not sought them out I'd like to see a remake of The Birds done by somebody that's not abusive to their main actress yeah The the Birds is literally the only one I'd say as well to be fair mm. uh, although I do want to watch that is it Vince Vaughn that's in the Psycho remake yes I'd like to watch that again <laughs> uh Is there a remake of Rear Window? Uh, I mean, like, not formally, but Disturbia is fucking oh, remake what? of Rear Window. Yeah, but it's not. Rear Window yeah. is the one Hitchcock that I will, like, hard and fast say that is a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, Frenzy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hitchcock, uh, late Hitchcock film where he kind of does a little bit of a jello. Yeah, quite uh, like Frenzy vibe thing with friends like but i can't think of who i'd want to direct it friends it'd have to be somebody a little bit a little bit mad and you you want somebody to go a little bit fucking <laughs> with it uh uh i think who could do it happy david amr 
I mean, a David Ayer frenzy would be fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, fuck, I'm trying to think of who could, who could do it. Got to be somebody who has like a horror thrillery sort of vibe tinge to their movies. But it needs to be somebody who's a bit mental with it. Yeah, see, because my birds one, I was thinking Mike Flanagan doing the birds would be great. It would be quite oh, interesting. Yeah. Somber affair, wouldn't it? It would. Which is not in a negative way. Just because he's nice to his cast. Like, whenever you see, like, behind the scenes stuff from Mike Flanagan films, he's nice to his people. And, like, because of, obviously, the the, the shit that Tippi Hedren went through. Is it Tippi Hedren? Mm. Yeah. Um, on the birds, I'd just like, I'd just like that. I want to see David Finch's frenzy. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. Fair play. David Finch's frenzy. There we go. Mike Fallingham's birds and yeah. David Finch's frenzy. Yeah. Fair enough. Did you just crunch? I did just crunch. Yes. So. <laughs> right, right. Mark stretched and made a weird crunching noise. Oh bloody hell, but you're all right. Um, that happens all the time. I'm just kind of used to it now. He's a crunchy man. <laughs> nice. Right. Basically falling apart. <laughs> Let's wrap this one up because we've been recording for a very long time and Mark and Becky probably need to go and have some fucking dinner. So, yeah. <laughs> coming up on next week's show, we got Robert Zemeckis' The Witches. Yep. Um, and we're also going to, I think, review the Netflix original Holiday. Yes! Um, <laughs> so... Um, Mark also wants you to watch the new um, Paulie Shaw movie Guest House. <laughs> he wanted to suggest that as a as a review. Hang on, what's it on? Uh, I, I, I'll hook you up. Oh fucking hell! What? Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Just... Yeah. Uh... Oh, I'll indulge you. All right, we'll also review the Paulie Shaw film Guest House. Um, Becky, you just, but can I just point out, Becky, you just made it so you have to watch the Paulie Shaw movie Guest House. I'm going to have to watch it anyway. Can I just, I'll quickly give you the premise. Well, so you may as well drag Ian into it as yeah, well. Exactly. Yeah, we Share the misery. Uh, right. A newly engaged couple finds a home of their dreams, but it quickly becomes a nightmare when the previous owner's friend continuously squatting in their guest house. The husband soon grows close to the squatter, but it eventually leads to a turf war that ultimately ruins their house, marriage, and lives. Guess who plays the squatter? Is it is it Polly Shaw? <laughs> is it Polly Shaw? Cool. It also contains the acting talent of nobody else that anyone's heard of, apart from Billy Zane and Steve O. Oh God. <laughs> We're in for a treat. Can't you wait. Suggested it. Only because I thought I, I thought oh Mark and Ian can do that bit. Why did you do it? Well, Mark and Ian can do that bit. No, you're fucking watching it as well. <laughs> um, great. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 I see the crystal raindrops fall. And the beauty of it all is when the sun comes shining through To make those rainbows in my mind When I think of you sometime And I wanna spend some time with you Just the two of us
Podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. <laughs>